Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Thanks for coming on to another episode of Legends of the Spire. Uh, this is the podcast where I'm on a bit of a quest to speak to as many former players and managers of Chesterfield Football Club as I can, and I have another one for you this week. Uh, this week, I spoke to Dean Morgan. Uh, now, Dean was a pivotal figure in that title-winning squad of the 2010-11 season under John Sheridan, the first season at the B2Net Stadium. Uh, earlier on in his career, he played at clubs like Colchester uh, and Reading and Luton before joining Chesterfield via MK Dons. And like I say, he was one of the wingers that provided a lot of those crosses for people like uh, Craig Davis and Jack Lester. Uh, so it was really good to speak to him. Uh, we had a good chat about his whole career really, uh, especially his time at Chesterfield as always, so uh, I hope you enjoy it and I've put a few highlights of that season and as well as always good to reminisce about it. Uh, as always as well we are at Spire Legends uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Legends of the Spire on Facebook so it'd be great to hear from you. Uh, but Dean Morgan, uh, great skillful player. Uh, on his day absolutely unplayable and still playing a few games now which is great to hear. Uh, so here we are with the latest episode with Dean Morgan. John Sheridan's men responded to his half-time team talk when first Dean Morgan took advantage of some defensive dithering to level matters. And then Craig Davis raced through and provided a cool finish to give the Spyrites their first league win on the road. It also moved them up to second in the table. First memories of kicking a football. I, I imagine from watching you play, uh, you're very natural with the football, so I imagine you were. It took you took to it straight away. This is a, a late bloomer. Hundred percent, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't touch a ball for my memory till I was about, I'll say six. I remember being in Bournemouth. My mum was pregnant with my little sister, and she went too far from giving birth. I think she might have been about two months away, and uh, just guys on, on the beach, and they were just throwing me the ball, and I was just heading it and kicking it. That's my first recognition of having any kind of ball in and around me. But still, even when I, I remember that, like it was yesterday, but I don't remember anything really after. I didn't go through any sort of kids' teams, do any kind of like schools or anything like that. It came probably when I was around school time. So to say secondary school was when I really kind of, was playing football. Like literally imagine a hundred kids in the school and then there's myself and there were people like years above me who I could mention Lionel Morgan, who was unbelievable, who played for Wimbledon, was meant to go to Tottenham at one point, but didn't because he literally his knees fell to pieces. But it was just imagine it was just playing in in school and just doing whatever you could in a space like that big. And again, it, it was again feel like you said, it looked natural, but there was nothing I felt like I had to work on or really, to be honest with you, really wanted to do. Hmm. It, it, it just it just happened and I enjoyed it. I'd rather do that than do anything else. I with in the area I lived, the people that were around me, I'd rather just go play football with a ball of my own if I had to. So when you're saying that, it, it's kind of true, but I'm a definitely, definitely a late bloomer when it comes to playing football. Were you much, were you like loads better than everyone else in the playground? Was it like noticeable or? or... I, I, don't, I actually don't know. To be honest with you, I actually don't know. I didn't think I was better than anybody. I didn't sort of portray I was better than anybody. I just 
did whatever I did. And if it was good, it was good. If it wasn't, it wasn't. It was just, I was just a kid. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Football was just something that was there to do, sort of not do something else. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather go and play football than probably go to a lesson in school, which was uh, not a good thing. But do you know what I mean? It was just something I, I had a love for that wasn't an obsession, if that makes any sense. So I wasn't obsessed, like, oh, I have to play football. I have to make it to the Prem. I have to make sure I've got a million pounds by the time. Do you know what I mean? Some of these kids nowadays have that kind of mentality where when they fail, that's when it hurts them more than anything because yeah. they haven't got to where they want to. Instead of going, like, for me, I've gone step by step and I've just gone with the motions and I never enjoyed it. And if I knew what I know now back then, I probably would have made it to the Prem. Mm because I would have been able to deal with any sort of situation I had going on at a particular moment in time to channel that energy, that atmosphere to be always positive because through my career, I felt like I'd be misunderstood because no one knows Dean Morgan off the pitch. Yeah. Dean Morgan doing a step over, cross, free kick, scoring a goal, celebrating. That's all, that's that's the only Dean Morgan they know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and quite a few players have talked about, you know, how you have to... The, the minute you step over your, over the white line, you have to kind of change. You know, you become kind of a different person when you become on a football pitch, and it's maybe like a place where you got to fight to fight to survive on a pitch and stuff like that. And you become kind of a bit of a different person. Yeah, definitely. Because I think for me, when you do step on that pitch, everything that happens off the pitch doesn't really come into the back of your head. But for me, some of it did. So some of my reaction would be frustration because of things that are still just sitting in my head and I'm thinking about subconsciously and again, my adrenaline, my energy gets a bit too much and then it seems, oh, it's got a bad attitude. But you don't know me to judge me on, on the sense of I've got an attitude or not. I've got an attitude when I need to have an attitude. Sometimes it comes out because of the situation I'm going through or the situation I'm actually in. And no one understands that. That's why a lot of the mental health nowadays, that mental health was there 20 years ago when I started, I feel I'd be I would have been at a better place when it comes to playing football. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But was there like uh, like one person or anything like that that really like uh, helped you early in your career that you kind of look back as like a pivotal person? No one. No one. My dad wasn't around. My dad wasn't around for for 28 years. I met my dad again probably just over two years ago for the first time. So, do you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like, for instance, Steve Coppel said to me when I was at Reading, you need a big brother because I was always so defensive. Mm. I was always defending myself. And I still am to this day. I will defend myself till I'm actually wrong. I actually understand why I'm wrong. But until I'm, I don't understand it, I will defend it. I think that's just natural for most people. But for me, I'm just talking about myself. And for me, my, I needed an older brother. I did. I needed an brother to say, do you know what, fix up. Or what's wrong? Mm. What, what's the matter? Talk to me. I never had anyone like that, which, now come out of here, like I said, if I knew things I knew then, this is what I do to the younger boys that I know now that are coming through the Anthony Stewart's of this squad that I played with at West, um, what's that? at Wickham. I lived with him, a couple of other boys, and I helped them, I helped them cook, cook, clean. I was just being a dad to them. At the same time, being a brother to them, at the same time, being a friend to them. So still to this day, this was all now nearly 10 years ago, I still got a great relationship with all of them because of how our relationship was and how I was to them. And they saw, a lot of the stuff I was going through, which makes them, I think, a lot wiser because of I took that time to talk to them about their whatever problems they're going through, i.e. my own. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. 
how did it all start at Colchester then? Because this is around kind of 2000, so you're about like, what, 17, 18, maybe something like that? I, was, I, was, I joined Colchester as a kid from 14. I remember going, I was playing for Bulldog Farm in Tottenham. Uh, that was like a local team where a lot of, a guy called Clashford got a lot of kids through through that little, just call it an academy. But it was just uh, basically on a massive estate with a massive building that had a massive hall in there, goals outside, it was a big field. And the goals up and everything. And a lot of the kids that wanted to, wanted to get away from whatever was going on in Tottenham at the time, would be football. And then he created opportunities to go play trial games, go play tournaments. These times, scouts were seeing, i.e. myself, Jude Sterling, which is his son, who I played with at um, MK Dons, a couple of other guys, uh, Jermaine, I remember his name, he played for Fulham in the end. Went on to play a tournament and we played Coventry. Uh, we played against Colchester and West Ham. And after this game, West Ham and Colchester were interested in me at this moment. And I'm only 14. I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't care. To be honest with you, I couldn't care who, who was who. Uh, from what I remember, I just remember the likes of now, anyway, Joe Coles, Ralph Carrick, so these are the kind of players that were my age. Yeah. And I might say the Kenya was in and around that, that year or era. Um, and then I got approached saying, would you come to West Ham? We have a trial. And then Colchester said the same thing. I just thought to myself, I just want to play football. So I think to myself, I want to go play football. So at least, like I said to you, I didn't rate myself to think, ah, let me go West Ham, I'm going to definitely go and play. I didn't, I didn't have that self-confidence in myself at that moment because I didn't think anything of my ability. A lot of people said, no, you're really good. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm good to you, but I just, I'm just Dean Morgan who wants to play football. Um, so yeah, I went up after that, went to Colchester. I just tried, I don't know why I chose Colchester, but I went to Colchester and ended up signing a uh, YTL, doing obviously School of Excellence for two years. And it was out of like 20 of us. Only, I was the only one who got pro and everyone's got like a six months sort of contract to see if they were worth getting a pro. So I was very, very lucky in that aspect. And I made my debut just before I turned 17. And then I went on to play many games, many sub appearances, because I feel, for me, again, now, I wasn't believing in myself. If I took that sort of moment or had someone to talk to, to sort of just channel, Dean, believe in yourself. I, I actually didn't. I just, I was just enjoying the moment. And I think, oh, well, that's what kind of been my, my problem. I just joined him. I just want to play football. I've gone from club to club to club to club because I want to play football. And it got to that point where I think I made like, the most, I think it was like a record, I made the most sub-appearances. And I was only like, still only 17 but I should have made the most starts instead do you know what I mean and yeah. I think that's mostly my fault but again other things were happening in the background that no one really knew about obviously I was quite away from home obviously change of living with people I don't really know do you know what I mean sort of take, taking that dynamic of um, learning your environment sort of fitting in and getting to know everybody and Everyone knowing yourself. Did they, did they put you in like uh, digs or something like in, that? Yeah, I was in digs with uh, my, well, you still speak to now, Glenn Williamson, who was a goalkeeper, youth goalkeeper at the time. And he lived in Enfield, so he wasn't too far from me. So I would meet him and another guy called Nicky Geary. And then we'd travel up uh, on the weekends, travel down. He dropped me to Enfield. I had to get a train home. My mum would pick me up and whatever not. So I got a good relationship with guys. A couple of guys I went to school with played as well. So there was a little bit of a London core base that used to travel back and forth. It wasn't via them who'd get on the train for Liverpool Street, which is only 10 minutes on the train from Tottenham to Liverpool Street and then 
jump on that train to Colchester. So it was a it was a good time. It was, it was obviously a change. They were at Leia Road, and then after I left, they went on to build a new stadium, which apparently was happening when I was in it. I was there, but it never did. So from from the change and everything, it was it's good to see the club sort of it needed to progress. We trained literally two minutes from the ground on just a local park, which was which was crazy, but it was good because it was real. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't flashy. It was it I think it might have been I don't know what league it was then. League two maybe. Whatever I just remember playing against some decent named teams, Knox County at the time. A lot, a lot of the teams, Swindon's. Do you know what I mean? So I know, I know. I've been, I think I've been near enough every every stadium in up to the championship. Well, a few. What's the What's the best ground you've ever played in? What's your favourite ground? Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say favourite, but the most memorable, just based off sound alone, was Sunderland. Great. Hmm. I said that like the distance between me and you, me and my computer, I couldn't hear my teammate. It was yeah. so loud. And I remember it really well because I remember, I remember being hurt. I think I hurt my back. And I think I was just literally popping out of roofing just to sort of get through that stage of that season. And um, I think I went to cross it. Well, I think it was a like at the time. I went to cross it for Rowan Vine. And it got blocked. And the keeper sort of come back to get it. And it's come back to me really out wide. And I just shot from a really acute angle. And it went in. And I just remember, like, everyone running towards me not hearing anything like because what I can hear was the fans going crazy and blah 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 but stadium lights definitely up there Highbury was one is unbelievable made it twice in FAU Cup with with Colchester and and in those early days then so where were you generally playing like on the pitch and and how did you kind of start out career-wise it was left midfield left midfield through school um, because at that moment in time, I was the only one who could use their left foot who wasn't naturally left-footed, which um, a friend of mine, when I was literally probably the 10, 11, 12, 16, usually left foot, usually left foot. You just think she's standing there, but why? But I just did. I did and I did. It wasn't, for instance, you got people training. You might see the videos of people on the YouTubes and the Instagrams where they're practicing, practicing, 10 balls, dum, dum, dum. I had one ball. Boom, I'll kick it, go get it. Kick it, go get it. Kick it, go get it. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just like that. Or I'll just run with the ball and I'll just cross it, run across outside the pitch, go get the ball. That's that's all. I just naturally put myself in, you know, mental situations of potentially playing a game, drag it, step over, push it fast, cross it, and, I, and then it just became to the point where I wouldn't even think about what I was doing. I'll just take the ball, pass it on my left foot, and then a lot of people are like, "What foot are you?" I'm just like. I was thinking, I was like, why? Like, can't you tell? <laughs> oh, and oh, honestly, you could tell. And I was just like, okay, cool. Well, I'm actually right for it. But I believe my left foot is just as good, which has been a, probably a massive bonus to, to me and how I play and how I can play and where I can play or facing any kind of defender at that moment in time. And I think John Sheridan actually mentioned that. He's probably, he's, I think he mentioned he's probably one of the best people to get one-on-one in the box. You don't know which way he would go. And... Sometimes I don't even think myself. I just go with whatever I feel my body will benefit, especially in that moment in time on the pitch. Yeah, and like you say, from playing out wide, then you've got so many different options, haven't you, in terms of getting into the box and stuff like that. You know, you, you sometimes see like a, a a very right footer playing on the left and they always have to cut back onto the right for every single time. Of course. The, like I, I played there and I've, I've played against people who played there and they've been right-footed. And you do the same thing over and again. But some people are very, very good at it. Some people might just use the outside the right foot. Like Darren Curry was one of the best. Mm. He was he was not about naturally. He was just as good of his left foot as he was at his right foot. But 
his probably bonus was he can use the outside of his feet. And that's something I never really worked on. So when it comes to like charisma, for instance, he's, he played left midfield and he was so one-footed, it was embarrassing. But then he'll take it, just move it, and outside his right foot, and it's on six months. And he's played from some of the best teams in the world. So in that aspect of things like, it doesn't matter what foot you are, as long as you can dominate that particular defender or do what you're meant to do, I can get crosses in for your strikers, so be it. Yeah. Didn't look good when they went behind so early after 18 seconds, but since then, they have played a very convincing role in playing the spoilers as Reading look to overtake Liverpool's mark of 33 with the longest unbeaten run in the second tier of English football. This is Morgan! The former Reading man gives Luton a 3-1 lead! Maybe, just maybe, this is the night where Reading finally takes defeat! Absolutely. So after Colchester, then uh, we'll, we'll skip through to Chesterfield eventually. Uh, usually get there pretty quickly. But like you have uh, spells at like Reading uh, and Luton. So you spell. Yeah, I mean, in those first parts of your career, you did play quite a lot of games, didn't you? Have like a few hundred games uh, appearances, something like that. Was it? It, was, it was crazy. The transition between the two was was crazy because I left I left Colchester on. A weird, weird term. To be honest with you, I've spoken about it sometimes. I don't really want to go into it again. But the club didn't want me to be there anymore. And a lot of the PFA got involved at the time. And I was just like, at this time, I was really upset. I was really upset because of what happened. It didn't make any sense. But anyway, so I've I've just finished. Well, I think we're just in the middle of pre-season. And I've torn my fire. And then they're saying, oh, like, obviously, you can go. So I was like... In the end, I was like, okay, cool. So my agent just said, all right, don't worry. I'm going to take you to a private clinic. I'm going to get you fit. I was literally in L's court every day. I was obviously back on Tottenham. So I was on the train every morning, going to um, the private clinic, three or four hours in there, doing strengthening, fitness stuff. And I remember my agent saying to me, how did you feel? And I thought, that's feel really good. For instance, I was having friction on my fire every day. And my fire was getting better. So I think, yes, I'm feeling really good. I was cool. I'm going to take you to Chelsea. I was like, Chelsea? I know, like, we really like, all right, cool, all right, let's go Chelsea. I'm just thinking, do you know what? Now I'm, you know, I'm feeling a lot better myself. I've come away from a team at that age, play more games than probably anyone of that age at that particular team. Mm-hmm. So being Chelsea at the moment in time. So we walked to Chelsea and we've literally got out of the car, walking towards one of the pitches, and this random guy just said to me, Dean, don't know if that's a guy from Adam. Don't know him from Adam. He's Dean, go short Dean Morgan in you. And I was like, yeah. So look at my age, I'm like, who's this guy? And then he goes, oh, I'm a scout for um, Brentford. Uh, Steve Koppel loves you. And I'm like, I, at this time, I don't know who Steve Koppel is. But I'm like, okay. Funny enough, my agent played under Steve Koppel. He goes, let me call him. So he's rang him and said, look, just seen Tom Davis at Chelsea. He's seen Dean. He's mentioned this. What do you think? He said, I love him. Get him down. And he goes, well, I can't. Because why he's literally just come up from injury. He hasn't done anything. Give him two weeks. He said, that's fine. Two weeks' time, send him down. So I literally went down there two weeks after. I was feeling a lot better. So I went and trained with them. And I think it was, must have been after like, I think five days, they offered me a two-year contract. And I was just like, whoa. Like the money I was earning, I went up to, to buy a house. It was crazy because I, was earning, I wasn't earning massive amount of money but I felt like I was earning so much money I remember going to buy a house and it was like how much do you want on a mortgage and I was like doesn't matter 
because I was so like, for instance, if you go through this is what I believe is teach at school, like the financial life. Do you know what I mean? They don't do that. I just thought I could get a 500 grand house. So I'm earning 2,000 pounds at this moment in time. But it wasn't really enough to afford a mortgage of, do you know what I mean? So in that aspect, I went on to obviously to pay for Reading. And there was a lot of good players there at the time. So there was a lot of people coming to the back end of their career. The John Solakos who played left midfield. So he was playing ahead of me. And it was just a matter of finding my feet. I remember the first, I think one of the first, probably the second training session, found a weight session. And the weight session was so heavy, I couldn't move for three days. I remember my agent said, I'm actually like so stiff, I can't get out of bed. And he laughed at me and said, you know what, let me just bring Steve and tell him. He rang him and he just apparently laughed and the phone to him and said, right, let him have a few days off and I'm back in next week. And obviously, like I said to you, Steve Copper was that guy who just said to me, like, you need a big brother. You need someone to sort of look after you and sort of nurture you and just sort of have your mindset always ready because, again, anything can happen in football. You can do the wrong thing outside of football and that can just ruin your whole career. Lucky enough, I didn't indulge in anything like that. So the two years, two and a bit years I was there, we missed out on the clubs twice. And that was a bit a bit rubbish because, I mean, I could have been, even just, it was just a year, could have been classed as a Premier League player. Yeah. And, do you know what I mean? Fortunately, it happens. I mean, I, I moved on from it, but it was it was hard to sort of deal with because there was a lot of good players there who still went on to play in the Prem. And obviously, Reading, the year I left, Reading got promoted. So that transition, that Reading from when I left, Reading, so when I joined to Reading to when I left, it was an unbelievable experience because they were building the new training ground. I think it was a pinch Hampstead. We like, had swabs to like beat the big gates open, car park. And this time it's like portal cabins and then big green field. But from what it is then to what it is now, it's a whole different, different yeah. reality. And, and I saw on your Wikipedia, it's not always actually what's on a Wikipedia, but it says that Dennis Wise tried to sign you a whole bunch of times. A whole, whole bunch of times. This this is when I was, where was I? I was at, I was at Luton, yeah. So obviously I've, I've left, I've left Reading. Uh, based on the fact that we've just missed out on the playoffs, so he was literally couple said to me, "Look, you play a lot of games for your age. You can stay and fight for your place, or you can go and, and play." And I just said to him, "Look, I want to play." At this moment in time, they just bought Lee Lee off three and a half mil, who scored like forty goals a year before. So I'm thinking, "Oh, great! So I've got Leroy, I've got Dave Kitson, I've got Sean Golda, I've got Nicky Forster, and these times I was slightly playing left midfield up front, so I was always like in between." I've never guaranteed a particular spot unless, for instance, I scored 20 goals a year before. And I think it just brought in Shane Long as well, who's a young kid coming through. And I think Kevin Doyle came at the same time or just after. So there was like... Yeah, exactly. So it was like two places and there was six options. Um, so I said, do you know what? My, my ex at the time was living in, in Luton. At the moment time, her dad was assistant manager of Lewin. So... Yeah, not speaking to them and then not going there. So did contract-wise, my contract was there for like four years. So the first two years were really good and you're covering into admin. And then these times, this is when Dennis Wilde was trying to sign me because obviously I can't afford to pay the wages. I went to Southend. So I remember being in Southend every single day, Dennis would ring me, would ring me. And if this is, uh, if you need to cut this off, cut it off, you're like, fuck them, get in your car and drive to Leeds. That's what he said to me. And I'd be like, I can't just do that. There's a car and a gaffer. Like, I'm calling gaffer and like, he's like, my gaffer. I, like, I can't just do that. 
Because now seriously, that's how kind of now Jericho. I just want to see what you do. He said, listen, just enjoy your time there. And then obviously the weekend, uh, I think my lower duty finished that particular weekend. And we played, because I've been, for instance, my confidence now, I've got, I've got one, of the, one of the best players who played in the Premier League at his position. He's managed one of the biggest teams in the country wanting me to join them. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And again, away from football, a lot is going on. No one knows about that. But anyway, last game was against, my last game was against Dagenham Rovers in the FA Cup. We won 5-3. I actually watched the highlights the other day, Friday enough at work. Um, and I scored two, set up one, got man of the match, driving home, bottle of champagne it's beside me. My agent rings me, says I've got some good news, I've got some bad news. So I'm thinking, how are you even giving me that sort of energy when I've just, do you know what I mean? Just played my heart out, got man of the match. And he goes, all right, um, the bad news is they're going to sign uh, Peter Sweeney. He said it yourself. I was like, why? And he, he made it out this morning time. He, he didn't know why. I found out years down the line that he was saying I was on a lot more money than I was. For that to happen, he gets a lot more money himself. Um, so that literally screwed up the deal. And I don't remember what the good news was, to be honest with you, because that was just still is in the back of my head. Uh, I think after that, I think a few, I think even like maybe six or seven, I think surprised about the sack. So, for instance, I could have gone to leave and nothing could have really come of it. The manager might not have liked me, but obviously we'll never to know. So how did you end up, uh, how did you end up at Chesterfield then? So you kind of ended up with us by it from uh, MK Dons, wasn't it? So Dons. how did you end up signing? Yeah. Uh, MK Dons, I was actually, when, when you put that question in, I actually started laughing at that because that was funny because I remember I've left MK Dons and at this moment, there was not a lot going on in regards to a team wanting me. It was like, yeah, we like team, but we're going to wait for Jack, we're going to wait for Tommy, we're going to wait for Craig. And it was just like a last minute thing. And then I think, I can't remember who it was at the time, I think it's kind of just spoke to, to John or someone up there. And then he just said, yeah, I like him, might send him down. And I think in between time, I went to Exeter. And the gaffer's name was John, I can't remember now. So I've left, when I got the call to go there, I've left and I've texted him saying, I'm all the way up, I'll see you tomorrow, kind of thing. And he replied to me the same thing, it's uh, gaffer at Exeter. I was like, you've already been here, kind of thing, like laughing at it. Like, I think, I, I don't, I think they didn't have enough money to sort of, do you know I mean, the, the, the Exeter to do it at the time. I think it's about a three hour drive. So, uh, and then he just said, like, I said, you know what? So sorry, I thought I texted John Sheridan, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I texted John and said, like, I'm on my way out, et cetera. And I'll go and see you tomorrow. So then I went in to train with them. And again, within a couple of days, he was like, yeah, we'll take you here's here the year. And I, at that moment, I was just like, I was happy to sort of be away from where I was. So I was like, cool, no problem. Bang, to sign the year. And believe it or not, new stadium. I think I, think, I, think I missed the first two games because I think I, I signed late or one of the two. I remember. Yeah, I think it, it was like the third or fourth game, I think, you were against Hereford, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Hereford at home. I remember watching, remember that particular weekend before they played Barnet and I saw the highlights on TV. I was just like, okay, see a new stadium. You know, I think, cool, I'm excited. And then, you know, obviously, a whole year later, I'll be able to win the league. And that's, I think that was my first major achievement in in football in the sense that I've actually won something at a medal I so that I can show my kids and then they're just not a pain that that's managed to play football. So Chesterfield was really it was a really that particular year anyway was really good. 
uh, I had a few injuries as well. I played through a few injuries. And at that, that year, John was really good with, with me per se and Craig. That Craig was literally my right hand man. He was my, I lived with him and we do it literally everything together with Bun and Bench. And I think that relationship that I had with Craig, he was, with Craig was very aggressive. And you see that when he played, like he'd bounce defenders off. The yeah, field. yeah, yeah. But like, we go gym together and he'd be doing like three times what I would do, but it would give me motivation to try and try to do that bit more. And he would go full throttle at everything. And I, it was someone in that aspect, anyway, I looked up to. Do you know what I mean? I thought, yeah, let me, let me try to do a little bit more and whatever not. And I think because I sort of took myself out of my comfort zone, hence why I got these little nibbles. And obviously I had one moment where I literally ripped some ligaments in my ankle and I tore my ducts out Sheffield Wednesday. I think because I was doing more than my body was used to at that moment in time. Um, but it didn't matter. We ended up winning the league anyway because the squad we had was really, really good. Saturday's goal fest was followed by a trip to neighbours Sheffield Wednesday, manager John Sheridan's old club, in a week that must have sent demand for heart pills in Chesterfield through the roof. It started well for Chesterfield in red. Former Owl Drew Talbot's cross met on the volley by Dean Morgan after 10 minutes. But within two minutes, Wednesday were level. Neil Meller lurking around the penalty spot to pounce on the loose ball. Into the second half, and Meller came close to adding a second when his shot clattered against the bar. But Chesterfield went on to retake the lead. Comedy defending allowed Craig Davies through to slot past a helpless Nicky Weaver. It was far from over though. Derek Niven earned a yellow card while conceding a penalty. And although Tommy Lee brilliantly saved it, the rebound fell kindly to taker Marcus Tudguy, which meant the scores were level and more penalties loomed. So the keepers had a go. Weaver first. And after almost becoming the hero, Lee missed the target. Wednesday winning 8-7 on penalties. Well, it, it was such a fun, like as a fan, and I've said this before when I've been speaking to other people in that team, but it was just such a fun season to watch because like it's a brand new stadium, so everyone was a bit giddy about that anyway. And then there was the, the whole kind of just bounce atmosphere yeah. around the ground, the ground, and there were some great full houses and some... And whenever we seemed to have a match that felt like a really important pressure match it was just like they they seemed like the the matches where you just like steamrolled over people you know it's like the Wiccan game and the Rotherham game uh so it was just a fun season to watch was it just fun to play in it was fun because it was you know, it was fun because we didn't feel the pressure there was no pressure on us to to do what we did it just happened we went out there and we didn't have I switched to we didn't have no tactics it was like four defenders Two midfielders, four strikers. That's literally what it was. Craig would score whatever 25 goals like he did. Jack, you scored 20 goals like you did. Ian, you might get 10 like he did. Danny Whitaker might get 10 like he did, but I'll get 20 assists. Danny will get 20 assists. Niven, whoever else will get goals and assists. And like, I think there's time for instance, crew at home, 5 5. Like, 
that was just shows you the sign of kind of we already know what I already know what Google's like, I already paid there, I know what they they were all about. And we were literally similar. Mm-hmm. We just gung ho, like we'll defend as much as we can and make the big score, they score, but we will score. I don't I don't believe I think I can win games where we were in for my recognition. But we were just like, you know what? Just go and play. That's that was John. Just just go and play, just enjoy yourself. And it was, t- and I remember, I, I still got highlights on my own YouTube of me playing, and I, I can just see the, the mannerisms I've got. I'm just like, yeah, just so, oh, like, this is so fun. I'm just, let me go spray a 60-yard ball across the pitch to Drew, like, effortlessly, and he's shouting, he's going, switch it, switch it. And then the boys are going, like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, I'm doing it, and like, oh, like, <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like, it was fun. It was really fun. And for instance, the transition again from what I was going through, would be up there not really having 100% to deal with it, just only a little bit and just playing football. I remember being in the uh, shopping centre in Sheffield um, and I was walking around shopping and then I got a phone call. We didn't have a game that Saturday and it was like, oh, we just won the league, we just won the league. And I was like, oh, have we? Do you know what I mean? It's like, because again, there was no pressure. Like, we didn't think, oh, if they win, you need to beat blah, blah, blah. I think I think in his last game of the season, didn't it? When we had to sort of win, yeah. Uh, Gillingham, we beat Gillingham. They got relegated, so there was more pressure on them. They want to stay in the league. Do you know what I mean? Like inevitably, and I think that moment in time, as long as we got promoted because we were there, that was good enough. But I think I would have took a promotion. I'm lying. I would have took the win in the league over promotion, like automatically. Then, but again, it was just a matter of us enjoying the football. Had a good goalkeeper, obviously Tommy Lee at the time. And the whole the whole squad, I just knew friends of if I wasn't playing, whoever was going to play in that position or changing the formation to make the team as good as it could be, it was always going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Going to games and watching games sometimes it was horrible because I obviously want to play, but I knew my teammates would, would do what they needed to, and a lot of the time they did do that when I was playing. What what was the whole training and stuff like under Sharon? You said tactics were probably a bit tactic like maybe, but Listen, we literally just played five sides all the time. All the time, just enjoyed the football because without the football, there's not much you can do other than run around. And you've got, I don't know, say seven or eight footballers. Do you know what's the point of having a team of runners? You've got, to, you've got to make that team want the ball, keep the ball, and play with the ball. And that's what we did, just subconsciously, because, again, I, myself, um, the Jack, the Danny Whitaker's of this world, some of the boys that come in, Dean Smalling that came in, Kieran Dejardi that came in, they were all footballers. So we all knew they were going to slot right in and play how they play. They're not going to change any dynamic of the, of the whole team plays. And it, it, it worked. It worked. Listen, I know it's all we did to play small side of game. Maybe big side sometimes when there was enough people or we needed to for whatever reasons. That's literally all it was. It just it enjoyed, enjoyed. I enjoyed training. I love training. And and I put it on the questions, but like Sheffield Wednesday, I was looking at the results on both seasons. And whenever we played Sheffield Wednesday, you seemed to score. You had a, you had a good record against Sheffield Wednesday, it seemed. Uh, I mean, we scored a penny at home and then I scored at their place. I think it was the cup, wasn't it, at their place? I think it was the one where it went to like ridiculous amount of penalties. I think, I think it was Tommy Lee that missed yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. That's, the, that's the day I, I actually tore my back. But I don't know how I did that. I don't know how that even have managed to happen. But uh, yeah, I think like 20 to go end up coming off and it went to penalties. And, do you know what I mean? I wish, I wish it was like the 89th minute where 
we lose any pennies. I think I could have stayed on the potential, took a penny, or maybe back in the extra time. But I don't think we extra time, did it? You got extra time? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure actually. I'm not. I can't remember. Yeah. But I wish. I wish. Obviously, that so-called injury happened late on in the game, and I was still good enough to sort of just get through it and maybe take a penny because we didn't deserve to lose that. We were much better than in the day, and they were, they were league above at the time as well. They were yeah. League one, as well, yeah. yeah. Um, so my friend, my friend Tim Morrison was playing as well. Well, he was he was there at the time. I don't think he played, but I remember playing in, in the game after this, I scored a penalty. And there's a picture of me putting the ball down and behind me trying to get in my head. Obviously, I scored. Uh, we 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 enjoyed our game today. Obviously, it's a local it's a local rival, other than United being literally around the corner from them. Yeah. Really close to them. And like those big games that season in obviously like the second half, so Wickham, which uh was the game I felt we were going to win the league after we beat Wickham, I think. So I remember it feeling like a really big game at the time. I think we won four four two maybe or four one. I can't remember what it was. Um, and, and then there was um the possibly the Rotherham one as well, the final, which I think it's probably my favourite ever ever assist, which is yours to Dean Holden. Yeah. Perfectly weighted, and then a bit of a diving header, which you can never beat a diving header. So the left foot, I think I've done that. Like I just knew it was going to sit on a big head. <laughs> that that night, I was live on Sky as well, and I think they were flying at the time. I think they were doing all right, and it was it was a little. Again, we didn't feel the pressure. I think the only, only pressure would that would have come from that particular game it would, with it being on TV. Do you know what I mean? It was the League Two game. And then they put the pressure on us because we were two teams doing well at that moment in time. So let's just show the world. So that's the only pressure. Cameras, there's more people in the, in the stand, but then we just literally, we just did for them. We were just too good for them. Mm. Like that day, anyway. And being a, uh, uh, being the guy that's meant to be uh, creating the goals for the strikers, I've always kind of wondered sometimes, uh, you know, you might have strikers that are not, I'm just wondering, you'll obviously play with strikers that are really good. Like that season, you've got Craig Davis and Jack Lester. I imagine you kind of know they're going to move in the right place or get to the right spot so that it makes it almost easier for you. But then you must yeah. sometimes play with strikers that sometimes make you look really bad because <laughs> they're just not very good. With, with Jack, you knew Jack would be nine times out of ten in, the 18, in and around the 18-hour box. With Craig... He would be so raw, he would come to the halfway line and want to turn and want to run and then hit it from 50 yards. But well, he could. Hmm. And he scored some goals that year. And it's, especially after get, coming to halftime and getting a looking from the gaffer. And it, it just it just gave him that second wind to just be the animal that he is and can be. So I know, like I said, there's clips I've got on my YouTube where I've taken plays of that line, I've crushed it. Who's there? Jack, head up, tap in whatever it may be, even vice versa as anybody else, Ben Rick, Jack's that guy, the box guy. Craig was uh, all around, just the heat map would have been everywhere because he would be on the left, he'd be on the right, but then he would do the most to try and score the goal where Jack would be that person who would just be fishing it out, waiting for it, waiting for that moment. Do you know what I mean? And all the odd opportunity for instance, the Robin goal where he's gone chop, 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 and just, just being, I think he's big 38 at this time, just making these these guys look like they're nobodies and yeah. not even enough. But yeah, I, I have definitely played with some strikers that are are not that good. But that's I only have to worry about that when I'm not producing for them. Mm. If I'm not producing for them, then I'm not that good. So yeah. I didn't really have to worry about the Jackson, the Craigs, 
or anybody else at that moment he was playing up front if it wasn't for them too. So it was good in that aspect. I've got, I've got some assists where I'd be in play, free kicks, corners. You know what I mean, I was I was doing literally the majority of most of that that year anyway, especially being down to be over. And what were the title celebrations like? In fact, when I spoke to, when I sent out a thing saying, have fans got any questions? Obviously someone there, uh, someone piped up there, it was David, I think, said, um, ask him about his happy meal at the Play of the Awards. Play of the Year Awards do. Never happened. I can't remember. <laughs> there was I'm definitely happy, that, that year. So we would have had a happy meal rather than a Big Mac or the chicken burger or something like that. Big sandwich, sorry. I can't remember that, to be honest. I'll have to look back in the archives. Oh, and see. I, feel, I feel like I do remember it. <laughs> I remember vaguely a bunch of, a couple of players or something like that being happy meals at the Play of the, play of the Year do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why. I can, I can remember sitting at the table and you being in front of me. I can't remember why, why, why it was there or why, how we got it. I really can't remember, but we definitely did. We definitely did. But that that day was was crazy. I remember being at the front of the boards. I had my shirt on back to front so you could see my name and my number. I had a couple on top of my head. I was doing the most. I had my camera out. I was just soaking at the moment. Like again, it was just it was an emotional time for me because at that moment my kids weren't there and it burnt me. I was turning around, I'm seeing 40 these misses, like these kids, sorry. I'm seeing all the other boys with their kids. I'm thinking like my kids should be here. Again, that's away from people that nobody knows about. So that my stresses and everything is is everywhere. No one knows, but I was still man. My mum was there, so obviously I still got to enjoy it with people that I love. But the most important were my two kids, which is another another story itself. But that day, that year, to say that I played eighteen years and I've won something is something that no one can take away from me. Because even Sheffield Wednesday, that live game was fair where I scored. I think they said I made like. Maybe it might have been 300 appearances or 350 appearances or whatever in football. I didn't even know that at that time. I was like, oh, wow. I think just after I scored, it just said that. I was like, wow. And I'm still 26. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Some people don't even make that through their career. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, at that time, I felt really blessed to sort of be where I was at that moment, enjoying my football, being given the freedom to play how I want to play. It wasn't so much about, oh, you're not working hard enough, going back. When I was, it wasn't because I had to, it was just, I was naturally doing it to help the likes of Scott. We were like, we were defending as a four, as a four but sticks, two midfielders, and give it to us and just let us go do what we needed to do. And I think in any team, if you have that freedom to express yourself and play in a way that's effective and obviously disciplined, anything, anything's achievable. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was a great season, so much. And the title was made safe when Griffiths again undid the Gillingham defence to supply Dean Smalley with the third. A comprehensive victory and a fitting end to a remarkable season, which meant the celebrations could begin.
and yeah. uh, and that second season, and then I went a bit wrong, didn't it? Second season, like it obviously started when in in that preseason. Obviously, Craig Davis got a great move. No one can fault fault him for getting a great move. Um, and then it, I think it was was it time we were meant to be signing was it like Clayton Donaldson or something was like going to sign or something I can't I can't remember um but it and like I've spoken to a few players that season said oh we kind of felt like we had a slightly weaker squad going into league one than we had in <laughs> the one yeah. league two in some ways that's a massive focal point man we missed we missed our number nine which I mean our Ronaldo of our team at that moment he was scoring goals he was creating goals he was He's making a difference because, especially with his size, like going to a league above, you need men or players who have played in that league and know how to deal with it. And I remember playing the first game of the season, I think we drew 0 0. Then we had a cup game against Preston, I think it was Preston, at home. And then Sheridan just said to all of us, like, we're all SHIT, we're not good enough. And me being me, how? It was my action, like, how are we not good enough? How, what's, what's changing? Two months from winning the league to coming back pre-season, doing the whole pre-season, mm. no one's had a problem. We played a certain amount of teams. I think we played commentary at home, and it was kind of thing playing really well. Going to the league in a cup game, and all of a sudden, we're not good enough. And then I think that's literally that was a turning point between me and him, where he just went left. I defended myself. I had I had Mark Randall sitting beside me, playing every league, Champions League, Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two, and he's not good enough all of a sudden. I was just like, give it a break. Like, I don't know what at them, what happened or what was happening with John Prince to be like that towards us. But for me, I didn't like it. I thought it was being really disrespectful. And I got that got my back up. And then after that, it was just literally I was in and out, in and out until the point where I went out on loan. Yeah. It's it kind of from speaking to a few players, obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know, but it felt like he kind of lost his head a bit in, in that in that season because like and then he ripped the team like halfway through the season at Christmas time with like Dwayne Mattis and people like that on that obviously got to the point where he was just like, right, you can go, you can go, you can go. And it's just like <laughs> these players won a league title like six no, months ago. Yeah, exactly that. And they were the core base of the team that won the league. So what came in didn't for me, from outside, didn't really make a difference. Do you know what I mean? But the team got relegated in the end. Mm. Um, like, make it make sense. I, I, didn't, I don't understand what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. If there was pressure from above, where he's had to do certain things, wage, I don't know. But to, to, to go about it the way he did was wrong. For me, anyway, the way he treated me. He didn't even ring me when Oxford came into me. Because he knew, like, he, he couldn't ring me and say, Dean, like, this team want you and I don't mind you going. He didn't have the arsehole to do that. Neil Crosley had to do that. And even Crosley was like, I'm sorry I'm doing this, but Gaffer's asked me to. And then I was like, what? He didn't even like, why need to have a conversation with me? We've grown ass men. So obviously, ever since then, it's been sour till I see him in Plymouth when I went there with him. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's sad in a way, isn't it? Because like you say, you kind of together as a as a group, you win the league together, and then it it kind of goes like it's quite sad, isn't it? You, you kind of it's horrible. But I, I signed another year because I enjoyed my time there. Hmm. I felt yeah, cool, like let's push on again. Let's try and if we don't do anything as what we did last year, let's at least stay in the league. Do you know what I mean? Then we can push on again. So I mean, there's, there could be a I don't know a payment coming from the league or whatever to help. 
through the teams or the teams in the league or whatever not for this team to progress and we just felt like we went up with every intention of going backwards and that's not why I decided to sign another contract another contract because I could easily just do you know what I mean on my CV oh we're signing someone who's just won the league I'm sure a lot of teams would have been like we'll take him based off that not knowing anything else but I don't know what happened or what was happening for John to be the way he was towards, especially towards me. And then, but again, got relegated, but they won that, that particular cup, didn't they? This is it. John's yeah, paint trophy. Paint trophy, yeah, after that season. I've been in every game before then, and then all of a sudden, I'm at Oxford. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even get, you don't get a medal, do you, for? I was at home watching it. I was at home watching it, wanting my boys to win, but not him to win. Hmm. I mean, in order to, um, Nathan to this world, that's, that's one of my good friends. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to do well. He did. He got man in the match or something. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was like, wicked. But deep down, I'm thinking, you don't deserve that. The way you are, and well, just based on my personal preference, it's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not happy with, with you. And he knows that now. I saw him since I've seen him at Plymouth, but he knows, he knows at that moment, like, nah, you couldn't, he couldn't, the respect. If he wanted to talk to me, I don't think if I saw him out anywhere in the road, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him the time of day. He doesn't deserve it because of, that's how far he took it. Point again. He's, he's talking about me to to various people, and it's all come back to me. Everything comes out in the watch. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Team got what they deserve, but for me, just he didn't deserve to get what he got out of that particular team. But he did it. That's what managers do in it. When you play, end up doing for you, which determines how much of a good man you are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, talking about Nathan Smith, we can go to Nathan Smith's question. Uh, drum roll. <laughs> he said, uh, ask him how how did it feel to know Shaz assigned Nathan Smith to do all of his defensive work so he didn't have to track uh, that? Here we go. That's, that's it. That's, that's what he's there for. <laughs> so I imagine like, if, he had, if he had no one else in front of him to do what I did, he would be double stressed. So... He, he he should be lucky that he comes to play with me. I mean that should be that should be on his CV. I played with Dean more. That's how I reply to him. Now, but I love Smash the Bits, man. He's like his journey from like Monday coming up and doing whatever he did. He's he's literally a god that Yovel. Do you know what I mean? And he, when he came to us, he was just just a rock in what he was good at. He was strong. He was quick. And he, but he he was just like that cut to pieces but very very slim at the same time and he would run through a wall for you you chase back he would do it like you said he'd do all the all the crappy stuff that I can't do like not because I don't want to do it I actually can't do it so give me the ball and I go in that way Nathan can't do any of that with no disrespect but that's that's football I, Messi can't defend I can't defend I remember Ronaldo the real Ronaldo saying to Angelotti one time um what do you want me to do? You want to run around and score goals for you? That's like Jack Lester. Jack Lester couldn't, wouldn't, couldn't and wouldn't chase back. And you put a tackle in the final third. Don't get me wrong, but when it comes to defending, that like Jack, why are you here? Go away like, because you're not, you can't do it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's what, why you have a team, isn't it? So you have yeah, people with different. So this is what I'm saying. With the freedom that I had there, subconsciously, I wasn't thinking about defending. Mm. The clips where I, I can see myself defending, yeah, dropping yeah. crosses and winning the ball back, people by own half, and all of a sudden I can set Craig forward, I can roll it into Jack, and I know they're going to hold it, and I can go and join them. And I'm not thinking, oh. I'm just like, 
I'm enjoying it. So there's no there's no pressure on me to to worry about. Oh, let me help Nathan. But not Nathan's good enough to do anyone who's playing right midfield and need one, need two at that time. More in about let me go and do my thing, and that's how it works. And obviously that journey again was was, was great. I'm glad Nathan managed to come up. I don't know how we got there in the end, but agents, phone calls, third person, whatever. It was, it was good to have Nathan up there. Yeah. Have you have you had some blendy? Have you tried no, it? I haven't tried it's it. Nice. Oh, it's really uh, good. I was meant to go to an event that Nathan did um, have, I think about two weeks ago. In the end, I couldn't make it. And all up to now, I still haven't told him. So when he sees this, he's thinking, hey, you didn't tell me he was coming. I told him, put me, put me down, I'm going to come. I'm only, I'm only literally like 45 minutes outside of London at the moment. And I said, yeah, I'm going to come. And then I did it. But I'm, I've been on this case that I want, I want to try it. I'm just not surprised he's not sending me one little bottle. Oh well, no, it's really nice, like the key line and the Jamaican ginger. Oh, it's really nice. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's Have you had it before me? That's a wrong. <laughs> I think my wife drank most of most of mine. I think it was in the fridge and then it all disappeared. She, <laughs> then she was like, "You're getting some more of that." It's like, calm down. <laughs> so I've got a few more questions. So, like, what was your favourite memory in a Chesterfield shirt? Uh, someone asked. Uh, my favourite memory. Uh, my favorite memory was obviously the Rotherham game. That was a good time. Uh, playing crew, that game was like, I don't know, I can remember these games, but these are good memories. And just just being in and around the ground, the people officially, the club secretary, like I could walk into the, the ground and turn left and the club secretary would be there and just be in the office with them, just talking, chilling out. I was in no rush at this time to go home. I didn't have to. I'd be there a lot later than some of the other boys would be because I was only around the corner at the time. So overall, I actually have good memories. Like some of the people I still talk to now, but obviously some of them are still left. But overall, it's obviously the memories win the league, man. Do you know what I mean? That final game, Akin Fenwar saying to me, like, don't beat us. I'm like, big man, we need to win the league, dog. Like, you see, I'm talking to you, like, we need to win the league. Like, I'm sorry, bro. If we if we beat you. We beat you and we were one down as well. And then, but we managed to score like I think two in the last 10 minutes or something, whatever not. But yeah, we're in the league that that whole day, that whole night. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that obviously we've got a good bonus coming in for the games we played, etc. It was just like something to look forward to. Like subconsciously we're, we're striving for that with no real pressure on us. That's what that's what makes me enjoy it the most. It's not like we've come in first day preseason and said, if we don't go up. Some of you will be gone next year. Oh God. Oh Lord. What mortgages got kids? Do you know what I mean? That's that's the pressure. It was just yeah, yeah. it's just gone play our football, man. And then we did that. Again, that's just that is for me probably the best thing I've got. Yeah. Having that, I've got pictures having that after fight. All the boys as well. And having that in front of them was like, yeah, this is me and my boys and family. A lot of them I still speak to now, so it's good. Great. And um, someone asked, um, how did you come to represent Montserrat? Uh, and it's kind of later in your career, wasn't it? You were maybe like 31, 32 at the time, something like that. Uh, and someone said, and they said, what was the difference between your kind of football league experience and international experience? What, what did you kind of make of that? Time? Well, the, the experience with international is freaking travelling. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of travelling, like, you don't understand it. But how it all came around, a lot of, a lot of boys I grew up with, we all played football together, in it was just in between Tottenham and Enfield in this big green. And I think about a month before, 
a random guy came over and just asked a question of any of you guys like monster russian and one of them was like yeah next you know he's on a plane and going to play for the country literally just like that so when i sort of went to play the story came round. i was like okay my my nan's my nan and granddad and my family all from Montserrat. i've never been who did you speak to they passed me the detail they ended up speaking to him and then I went on, basically went on to play, went to be, went on to be captain, played in the World Cup qualifier, went to travel to Barbados, Antigua, um, Carousel, many countries like in, in the Caribbean islands. Um, so just walking away from that and just saying that like, I've done something that people only imagine mm-hmm. that, that they could do is, is crazy. So it must have been kind of a proud moment then, having a oh, unbelievable. When when it when it came round that obviously I've been picked to go, and then I was telling, I think I was at Wickham at the time, and then once I went to Montserrat, they're like, "Who's Montserrat?" And I'm like, literally, the island's this big, but you can only live on this side of it because of the volcanoes. The volcanoes are literally it's unlivable now. Like no one can live there. And I said, like, oh, "Okay," but I said, "I said, look, it's on my CV. I'm an international footballer." Yeah. can't take that away from me like nobody can so when people say oh like who have you played for like some of these kids that I've, I've come across now and they don't really know me or they know of me like if I play local here some of them know who I am and I'd say oh have you played for before and I'm like oh blah 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 and I've played for my country like, oh, your country like for instance I've told these kids that I've come across like if you can get a chance to go play abroad go and do it it's mm-hmm. a different type of experience do you know what I mean and that's really where you get found out as a person. If you're able to take in them, and then obviously they take in you. Yeah. And that, again, that I think gave me that sort of stepping stone to go to, to try Thailand, try Iceland, try Italy, mm. which I mean, I'm glad I did because it was just the culture, the change of living. It was an unbelievable experience and something I would 100% recommend to everybody that comes across. Yeah, that's Yeah, I was looking at your. Uh, was it Throtto? Throtto in uh, in Iceland. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think that at that moment that team just got promoted to the Icelandic Premier League. Um, they were part time at the time, um, and then they went full time. Obviously, I don't know if you've ever been to Iceland. It's it's never dark yeah. for most of the year. Um, so some of these boys were working. Some of these boys. But obviously didn't have to work because they didn't enough money. It was it was crazy. They were all so happy when it comes to playing football and just their world that they lived in. I don't know. I, I loved it. I loved it. All right. So I've taken up way too much of your time. But uh, so I just kind of what interested what you're up to now, really. Uh, well, I got a I do customizing, so I do restore, restoration on trainers, etc. That's a little bit of a part time hobby love that I have. I've got an events company with my current partner now and a friend. We do parties here, brunches, etc. And I work for a loans company at the moment, which I've been doing for the last five years, which is easy enough, but me being me, I want to progress to something better, more, but this has been it's been good. What I've gone into is something I've never been used to and I've literally gone into it like a duck in water. I'm literally Verbally second in line, so I'm like assistant manager to my manager of my team. So again, I've come away from the football with my own same professional mind. I'm never late. 
I'm always on time. I'm always trying to set a standard. I'm always trying to be respectful, but very dominant at the same time. Don't want to be taking the piss out of, and I don't want people to take the piss out of me. Hence why they've sort of gave me the role that I have now. But yeah, I've, I'm, I'm settled. I'm up in high Wickham, obviously where I was, used to play. And I'm, I'm happy with, with the missus and the kids. Yeah. And you had, a, you had a long career, didn't you? Like, some players only get a few years for a career and they disappear quite quickly. You know, you kind of started in, what, 2000 and you went pretty much 20 years, just about, didn't you? It's just... Like I said, I've been very lucky. And the fact is, I've always just wanted to play football. Like I said to you in the beginning, my goal was never, I need to play in the Prem, I need to earn a million pounds for 25, I need to have this sponsorship, all this kind of stuff that a lot of, when I was going through Reading, a lot of these players were having these, these mindsets and speaking about oh, I need to get this night deal and Adidas deal and I'll get a phone call saying oh Adidas want to give you a deal do you want, do you want to try these boots and I, and I did and I hated them but sorry, um, but yeah like that was I just wanted to play football I was never in it for the money I just did it because I loved it I was never obsessed with it but I loved it and when I wasn't playing regardless if I was injured I missed it so hence why I still, I'm 38 now and I still play to this day. I'm still getting phone calls to come out for play for a few, up to £500 worth of playing. And some of these players don't even get that in who are maybe at that age better than me. I don't, I don't know, whatever, opinions. But I love football. I've got to play football tomorrow evening. I've got to play football Thursday. I've got to play football Saturday. I should have trained tonight, but because I was working, obviously I had this, I cancelled it. But I'm in the gym every day. I'm... I'm as well as I can be physically when it comes to playing football. But again, I've had, I've had two knee injuries and I'm still managing to have that desire to enjoy my football. And then when I know, for me, when I'm going into these football games or into training with people, I know and I don't know, I want to help in football and outside of football, mm. what I know and in my experiences inside and outside of it. So that's been my blessing and I want to be able to be in a position of doing a course on um, mentoring to mentor these, these younger boys because there's a lot of stuff happened where I'm from that I mean if I can get one kid out of ten away from it to just to, to be successful in life not just football in life yeah absolutely blessing for me well it's been great speaking to you and we, we were both born in the same year we we're both 83 so we're both we're both turning 40 next year mm. <laughs> but but it's great to hear that you're still you're still playing and still uh Oh, mate, I'm still playing. A lot of people don't don't think think I should still be playing at a high level, but I've been I've been through too much trauma, knee wise, and again I would just be playing catch up regardless. I'd rather just do. I was doing bets, but I'm going to play Saturdays now and get paid for it. Why not? So I'm going to do Saturdays. I think it's like step four or five. Which, to be honest, the kids that or the kids or some of the guys I'm playing with are actually good players, mm. but they don't understand the other side that I'm talking about yeah so my experience I'm hoping I can go into them and when they get frustrated and calm them down or understand like you know just the littlest things that could make a massive difference Absolutely. that I've seen so that's that's what that's what my aim is now that I've got this opportunity or be given this opportunity to go and go into this team and use you know, my experience to help them so well have a season putting in balls like you did for Dean Holden on that night against against Rotherham, still one of my favourite moments in football. <laughs> love it, love it. You stick that, that that clip in here now. 
and he was involved again, picking out Dean Holden after 20 minutes for Chesterfield's overdue opener.